Blog Talk Radio. And welcome this week to Community Garden Revolution. I'm Mary Hugo, your show host, and I'm so glad you're here today. There's a lot going on. <laughs> it's a harvest time for some people who are getting ready to that point of harvest time, and they'll pack up for the season uh, either this month or the first part of September. For others, it's going to be an extension of their season, and there's a lot of uh, catalogs seed catalogs that have all kinds of sales going on. So uh, just go online or go to uh, uh, rareseeds.com, and they've got a good sale going on. Um, Of course, that's our Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company uh, that uh, helps us with uh, uh, articles for our magazine. There's just a lot... There's just a lot of product right now that people got on sale because it is toward the end of the year, and uh, some community gardens are looking at expanding more uh, because last year seed companies uh, pretty well ran out of the hoop houses, as I told you before. Uh, So do think it through if that's something you want to do and extend your growing season into November area. Um, A lot of people do that. It depends upon, you know, what your temperatures are going to be like, if you've got snow coming down, you know, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of factors to that. Now, we do want to go to the part of the flooding and, of course, all the um, evacuations that's been happening on the west coast uh, with uh, fires. Uh, those are not only houses and businesses lost on both ends, you know, with Louisiana for the flooding or uh, Southern California for the wildfires. Uh, they they also lose their community gardens. So um, it's tragic when that happens. It's tragic when someone loses their their house or their business. Uh, but we also uh, feel for them uh, for another way of growing food. I mean, um, in today's world, we've got to make sure that we've got enough food for everybody. So it doesn't matter whether you're rich, poor, uh, middle class, uh, there needs to be enough food for everybody to eat. So a community garden provides that opportunity. Now, you're going to find in our magazine, I think next month, I've got it. I could put it in this month. It depends on uh, what what uh, space I've got. That's the thing. There's so much information that comes out uh, that you just have to pick and choose, you know, when you can put something in. But there are housing developments that we've seen uh, across America that uh, it's mostly out west, but um, where when they build too many houses in a closed area, what they're trying to do is make um, um their land situation work. I always cringe when I see these uh, developments, but uh, they build the houses kind of close together uh, where, like, if one caught on fire, you know, or two uh, others may get some damage. And uh, then what they've done, and I like this part, uh, they've taken uh, some area, whether it's uh, an acre or two or or just uh, 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 an area, let's say, uh, where maybe they can't put a house there, but they have green space. So what some of them have allowed, and these are small houses that they're allowing this, because there's just not enough space on some of those houses. Now that's pretty, that's pretty slim. We don't have quite that where I live, almost, but not quite. And so they allow some space for people to grow their community gardens, and they do it. Uh, I think it's like 51 cents a, a square foot or something. Is how much they charge them. Uh, so uh, you know, you might want to ask some of your local developers to think that through when they build these um, suburbs. Uh, when they build out these plots or developments of uh, housing that's kind of close. 
And some of these houses, as you know, are maybe um, you know, hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollar houses minimum. And uh, unfortunately, they're just so packed in, like sardines. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of space to do anything else, not even turn a cartwheel in. Uh, so um, that's an option that's out there if they've got some, uh, you know, corner of a corner of a road area or uh, a slice around a road or whatever. Uh, maybe they'll add a spigot and uh, so that you'll be able to water it and then uh, have some kind of contract with whoever it is that decides to grow a garden and then grow it in your neighborhood. So if you can't grow it on your house, if you can't do something um, uh, in a park, a lot of people go to parks. Uh, if you can't do something in a specific area, uh, then this might be another option for you all. So I think it's a great idea. They put those houses too close together, in my opinion. It's always scary and creepy to me, but I know what they're doing. They're trying to make more bang out of the buck for the uh, land size. But, um, boy, <laughs> we don't have space to turn a cartwheel. That's kind of concerning for that amount of money to me. All right. So today what we're going to do is talk about land use zoning for community gardens, and we'll get back to that in a moment. Um, we'll be having our magazine out soon, and I apologize for being so darn late. Um, we'll have that out, and uh, you'll be able to see different articles there. Uh, what you can do with your community garden and how you can make that sparkle and shine. And, of course, we're already doing some articles uh, for the one in September, which will be my uh, first year, my second year, or first month of my second year. That's how I say it. And that's exciting uh, because we've gone through one year. Now, I still have not figured out how to get the darn videos in there because we've got access to a lot of videos that we can put in there for you all. Uh, so uh, I've been to the library. She doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> My brother and I don't know how to do it, so I've got to call the company and to make sure they can explain it to me so I understand it in English, you know. So, um, because it all sounds worse than French or Portuguese is what it sounds like, uh, talking to me how to do it. So, um, hopefully we'll get an editor coming in for the second year. Um, we're going to have to do an ad about sales, uh, do national sales, ad, you know, ads. Uh, so that uh, we can have the, the monies to be able to get the editor to come on board and get her paid. And uh, so we're exciting. It's exciting about the second year. At least we've got the first year under our belt. We've got some great companies. I'm still uh, working to add on some other situations uh, for us. And sometimes sometimes connections happen and sometimes they don't, so you have to walk on. And uh, I believe in the second year we'll be able to get a lot better uh, situations going on because now we've learned a few things from the first year. So that's exciting. That's our Community Garden Magazine. You can find that readily on Facebook, Community Garden Magazine. And then go there and then find out how you can hit one of the month's um, information and then be able to sign up. And it's a free subscription. Uh, basically, when we post it and get it published through the uh, server, uh, then they go ahead and send it right to you at your uh, email address. So we're very excited about uh, the prospect of how many people are uh, now looking more at our magazine and how many more people are signing up. And that's exciting because we want to reach as many people as we can, of course, but we also want to share with each other. And uh, we're going to find try to find ways to make that happen too um, so that at least we can get uh, you know some pictures of what people are doing, uh, I'd love to have some videos, but I first, <laughs> first got to figure out how to get these other videos in. So uh, we, our, our our world is um, overflowed with videos. We just don't know how to put them in there. <laughs> now, ain't that, ter ain't that terrible? <laughs> 
So somehow we got to figure out how to get those videos on so everybody can enjoy it. So um, just hang tight, hang tight. <laughs> Uh, we've come a long way as far as some really neat uh, articles and companies that are aboard. I'm very excited about how the first year went on this. Uh, we'd like to get the editor on, so I've got the ad uh, to, to put in the computer. I just haven't done it. And uh, so we need to get the national salesperson in here. It's not me. I, I, I'm not good at doing that part, evidently, because I haven't found uh, people otherwise uh, just the uh, nice people that allow us to use their names and mention uh, on our magazine and in our um, other program situations uh, to come on board. And I'm, I'm so thankful for them for giving me a good foundation. I couldn't have done it without them. Uh, so it's really exciting. And when I show this to uh, um, people in the nation about what we've been able to accomplish so far, they're just so excited. <clears throat> I showed a, a guy that has a show, TV show, and he was mentioning community gardens, and I went ahead and showed him the first page of our magazine and he was just so excited there was something out there so um you know it's a piecemeal it's here and there it all adds up in the end and um you know we're just gonna have to be smarter about how we market it to people and reach out to different groups and um i'm I'm looking forward to the second year here so that's good now maria shows have done longer than that so i'm <laughs> Yeah, but I'm always glad to have them. And uh, so we're reaching out also to some other folks to get some extra media coverage on this. That's what we do periodically anyway, so that we can get the word out there more about starting community gardens, which is very important, uh, particularly when you had the flooding, particularly when you had the fires. Uh, those are great examples of why um, it's great to reach out to people and at least give them an opportunity to be able to eat uh, as they're doing their rebuilding. Now, there are companies, and we've got one called Heaven's Harvest that's with us, www.heavensharvest.com. He's been on here a few weeks back. And they've got an heirloom seed kit, heirloom vegetable seed kit uh, that's on there. And uh, if you get that, uh, put uh, the promo code MARY and you get free shipping. And uh, it at least gives you an opportunity to save those seeds like 38 varieties, but 130,000 seeds. It gives you an opportunity that if there is something that happens where you live, and it can happen because Baton Rouge, Louisiana, never expected uh, the flooding that they had. Uh, from what I understand, they were same thing as what New Orleans went through. Uh, they pleaded uh, via their Army Corps of Engineers to do something stronger and better. The Army Corps of Engineers also pleaded to have money to do something better. And when they needed it, they only had the system they had. So um, now New Orleans, it was basically uh, the levees went down. But still, though, they didn't have all the system they needed, and they'd asked for money to do that for years, too. So it's about infrastructure on something things like uh, flooding. Now, the wildfires uh, that happen, um, you know, it happens every so often, and, and when you have people that are serial arsonists, what do you do? So um, it's just uh, pathetic what people have to go through. But when they're rebuilding, it'd be nice to know if they can eat something or have something fresh. And to me, I think that's good for your soul. That's why I love flowers. We have flowers in ours, and um, it's just good for your soul with the color and texture. Um, it's just good for your soul. Uh, now, on my front, uh, we've got mint that should have been cut out or taken down about two weeks ago, but my mom likes it to be around. But we're going to take it down. 
And uh, then our lettuce, we're just about done with that. We just picked some today, and we're going to have a great salad with that coming up. It looks great. It grew. Our lettuce grew very well this year. We were lucky. Uh, the flowers that we have there, again, that's for color and texture. It's good for your soul. Look great, and the leaves are green. Our tomatoes, we're running, we always say this, we're running down to the last batch, we think. So uh, my brother looked at them today, and um, uh, we think that we've got those one last grouping of tomatoes, and then after that we're going to take that out. So, um, And in the lemon tree, bless its heart, it's growing like wild, wildfire, just gangbusters. But, um, you know, we had some two-legged people uh, um, decide they wanted the, uh, the lemons besides us. On one of my things of uh, lettuce, uh, one little batch of uh, several s- stalks, we had uh, a situation there where uh, basically um, a duck, we think, duck or geese, went up to it and went ahead and, and chewed off the stalk. <laughs> chewed off the stalk. So that's what it looks like. It doesn't look like someone's cut it with scissors or anything. It just looks like, like uh, the geese just went up there and just, Start to have a heyday on lettuce. So uh, that happens once in a while. We've been through that. That's not new. But still, it just uh, grates on you because you're like, oh, I put so much work on this. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, um, uh, you know, we, we're not interested. It is starting to grow more, but we're just not going to, you know, so we're going to take that out. <laughs> so sometimes you just, you know, because you're not sure what kind of animal that was and if it's got, you know, germs or something on it, we just, you know, we just take it out. So but that's okay. But my other uh, lettuce came out real well and uh, picked that today. And uh, we're real excited about having that. We think that might be our last batch. Now we may go ahead and keep it on a little longer. I doubt it. But uh, we've just been really lucky how the rain and the, and the heat uh, has worked on that. Now, for us, I'm in Indiana, and we've had a lot of humidity this year, a lot. So we expect it to be extremely cold uh, for this winter. We expect that um, it's going to be uh, snowy for us. Uh, but uh, for us, like the lettuce, the humidity helped out. Uh, so that was good. It kept growing. Uh, but some of the other stuff, boy, it was just, oh, boy, we had to keep up with uh, the strain uh, that that humidity was doing this year. It's just, it just was strain. But um, we've been very fortunate. We didn't have a lot of rain. Uh, we've had uh, upper part of our state uh, just a day ago, uh, some tornadoes, about five went through. One, of them, one or two of them, I think, touched down, but one of them for sure was even throwing air conditioners in the sky and uh, hitting cars, crushing them. <laughs> That's bad. That's a bad day. So uh, we are, you know, prayers to our people up there uh, in uh, central Indiana uh, that um, were hit by a tornado uh, in their town. Uh, they're trying to rebuild that. Now, that's an area, too, that, hey, if there's a community garden up there, we lost it. So um, you never know. And if you have your heirloom seed bucket around you, then you'll be able to grow some, uh, you know, some vegetables. So things can happen. Do be prepared. Uh, do have some seeds in the background. Do have some heirloom things uh, that you can go to and be able to grow. And if you've got some flooding, if you've got some wildfire that happened, tornadoes, uh, at least you've got the opportunity to be able to grow something again. 
sometimes people can clean up their community gardens when they're going through these tragedies and then replant. Uh, we had one group out west, uh, they went through it twice in one year, twice uh, flooding. And um, so I don't, I haven't talked to her to find out how that went, but uh, uh, that's a lot on a person. It's a lot of strain on a group. And uh, um, I don't know if they had seeds in the background or whatever, but she was very confident what she had for the second time that she had to go through this. And um, they were expanding their program to five schools. So I don't know what they were able to do with the schools since they were affected the second time. Uh, but, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, it's a strange world we're living in right now. And I would say have some heirloom vegetable seeds in the background just in case you need them in case you can't get to the store, in case they're not available, and at least then you've got something to uh, grow with. So uh, be sure to do that. Okay, we're going to come right back, and then uh, we got that all done, and we're going to hit on some uh, land use zoning for community gardens, what uh, you can look for or, or what you have to step through because it's very important. I know in town where we live, uh, we have uh, in the city uh, ordinances on um, – Oh, the zoning for the chickens that they grow or, or kind of uh, other kind of uh, uh, animals that they have that they allow uh, for people to grow and, and then, of course, uh, slaughter to eat or as pets. Uh, so you have to take into consideration a lot of stuff when you go to the zoning board, uh, but uh, we've got some uh, ideas uh, for you to kind of think through. So we'll be right back after this. <laughs> So the part that all towns love going through <laughs> when they have a new project is zoning. The wonderful word of zoning, land use, zoning. <laughs> sometimes that depends upon where you live. That can be a hard thing, and sometimes it can be um, a much easier thing than uh, other towns. Uh, so I'm going to leave it at that and not say anything more. Uh, but zoning uh, ordinances for community gardens is important. Uh, if you want to have a master plan uh, that you do, be sure you add some spaces in there for community gardens or urban farms. And um, people are kind of thrown off when they go, community gardens inside the town, the Yes, that's green space. That's something that's very viable and very important. Uh, I'd rather, I would rather see uh, land being used than just sitting there with a uh, um, the cost of mowing it from the uh, the city budget myself. Uh, that's just me, but um, you know, our, our, all towns like to spend money like uh, it's uh, always going to be there. Uh, but uh, you can have open space protections for community gardens. Uh, the model zoning code language provides that a community garden be zoned as a subdistrict or subuse within an open space zoning district, and by enacting the policy. See that community can protect and preserve community gardens as an open space use. And some of your neighborhood associations, they all have space that's just hanging there or just, you know, somebody's house has had to be torn down or, or something else had to be removed or a spot couldn't be sold. Uh, I don't know how you all do land banks if you have that in your town or if you have a certain group that buys out these old um, pieces of land and wait to use them again so they can use the tax money to go back into the coffers. Uh, but um, if you have a land bank, 
then you can possibly work out a deal with those folks that, hey, you know, some of your uh, old houses that you knocked down and you can't put a house there because it's too small in today's world, uh, then maybe you can use that space for a community garden. And uh, at least it has some kind of tax base coming to it that's probably 10 or $20, believe it or not, or 100 So, you know, provide that kind of money each year to be able to use that land and then have a little um, uh, plot map that you have for your group and then you know where the different plots are. And sometimes you can get the neighbors to pitch in and, and do something. Um, but anyway, um, I would have a spigot always there of some sort. Make sure it has a lock and key of some sort because people will just run their water, believe it or not, and waste a lot of money. Um, I would also make sure that if you can put a fence around it, that would be smart. Uh, if you can't, you're going to have to leave it as is and hope that the neighbors watch over everything. Um, but use the land. I, I'm one of these that uh, I like the idea that different towns are putting in X amount of dollars, and it does talk, cost a lot of money. Our, our towns find at least maybe a million a year after they spent maybe five or ten million, I think, uh, on the first batch. I, I would be one of these that would go in with a bulldozer, and I'd just whack them all down. And, but you ca- can't do that. you got to go through different hoops and whatever. And then uh, for that land, if there's not a developer to come in behind it to build a new house or some apartments or a, a duplex, I would just go ahead and make that as some kind of uh, use for uh, agri-economy. I firmly believe in agri-economy. I think that's underused in America, and we need to start doing more of it because they say that's a multi-billion-dollar business that's going to be happening as we have more people on the on the planet Earth. So that's something uh, to look into if you wanted to create your own career or business is an agri-economy. Uh, so the downtown areas have lots of scrappy land uh, that can be used. Of course, you got to find a ways to keep it safe, but... Um, a lot of people really don't bother community gardens for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because they reminds them home or something. I don't know what the psychological thing is about that. But uh, that does happen, even some of the rougher areas in our nation, uh, that the uh, the crime people will go away from them because they know somebody's around it all the time or every so often, and, and they don't mess with it too much. So um, if it's not used, I would put something in there myself. That's me. But I know our town likes to pay out the insurance on it and nothing going on. But, you know, that's every town, I think. All right. So use zone protections for community gardens. Uh, The model means that the zoning code language provides that community gardens are approved use of land and residential, multifamily, industrial, and other districts added by the community uh, where appropriate. Now, the, the designation allows citizens to develop and maintain community gardens in the um, different districts without requiring the sponsor to obtain a permit, finding, variance, or other government approval. And that is important because I know like in our town, you can get too layered up by permit this, permit that, and who's in charge of this. Everybody wants to feel like they're important, you know, and they want a piece of the pie, not that they're doing any work there, but they just want to feel like they're a part of, uh, well, you can't do it unless you have my opinion uh, thing or, or approval. So uh, up front, just Who's in charge of it? How's the steps on it? Uh, layers of whoever they have to go to, and that's it. Anybody else, unless they're out there with their shovel or their rake or whatever, so what? <laughs> that's the way I feel. I guess because I've been through all that stuff before. Um, okay, now um, let's see here. The community, uh, if you do like uh, urban farming or uh, urban agriculture, if that's something you want to use, 
you have to talk with your attorneys, your your city attorneys, but um, that can be involving the raising, cultivation, processing, marketing, and distribution of food in urban areas. And uh, you can even designate different agro uh, production, you know, like urban farms from community gardens. So you can do one whole swoop of a zoning uh, ordinance instead of doing two or three different ones. Now, where I live, they'll do 12 or 15 and then decide all of a sudden to put it in one package. So, uh, but if you go there and say, hey, can you put it all in one package? Then it cuts down on time, it cuts down on labor, it cuts down on uh, having to wait around so you can go ahead and do your project. Uh, do this during the wintertime. Get this stuff out of the way. So if you want to start talking to your uh, city council or county commissioners and, and uh, or your eldermen or whatever you call them and uh, say, hey, this is what's coming down the pike. This is what we want to work out and accomplish. So it's spring, springtime, we can actually do this. So um, jump on early. Um, we have a wonderful zoning uh, department in our town uh, so that when they go to the zoning board with the other people that are volunteers from our town, they have their uh, act together. Now, sometimes the other people may not be as too sharp on stuff, but uh, they are smart people because they're in the industry, but then uh, they maybe have not seen what other um, towns have done. That's what I want to say. So, um, but we have a wonderful zoning department, uh, just top-notch. So... Um, Try to communicate with somebody that you think is smart <laughs> or can achieve something and make sure that you're working with them steadily, give them the information they need so they can be smart on what's going to happen or what needs to happen. So you can get it done at one time and you can get it done pretty inclusively instead of having to have three or four meetings and then get it done on the books. Um, I know how committees are. I always say that it takes three or four meetings to say the word no uh, so uh, when it got to a certain point in life and it was that, I, I just quit it uh, because um, I, I've been a business person and, and we don't take three or four meetings to decide no because sometimes we only have one second or 30 seconds to say yes or no. So um, my thinking was not fitting with what their their uh, thoughts were or how their flow goes. So, uh, so I don't do too many uh, um, committee meetings anymore. But... Um, I do try to help out those people because they have other jobs. They have other uh, constituents that are harping at them all the time, just harping at them. Sometimes it's real small stuff, and uh, they have to juggle all that. So uh, please be helpful with them with the information of uh, what's needed for the zoning that you're requiring or wanting for your town, and just kind of do the thinking for them because they've got so many other people pulling at them. I say make it work for you the first time and get on. <laughs> so um, let's see what else we've got here before we have to go for the day here. Um, if you want financing, uh, find a way. I'll tell you these cities what they did. Seattle provided parks with bond monies, public housing funds, and other grants to help maintain the garden plots. Minneapolis used tax-forfeited land as garden sites without charge. Chicago formed a nonprofit group called Neighbor Space with the Chicago Park District and Forest Preserve District of Cook County. Um, Madison, Wisconsin used federal community development block grants to support community gardens. And a number of other cities like Boston, Philadelphia, Providence, Rhode Island, New York City have begun using land trust to acquire and preserve community gardens. That's similar to what we do with other pieces of land. So, all right. Well, I'm so glad that you all came today. Uh, we've had a good time together, and I hope that uh, you'll be able to join us on other shows coming up. 
And it's always my pleasure for you to be here. This is Community Garden Revolution. I'm Mary Hugo, show host, and have a great Community Garden Day.